Welcome to LaGrave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast. In this sermon, we will hear a little bit about the origins of quarantine and think together about who we want to be on the other side. You are listening to Quarantine by Reverend Peter Yonker. For our meditation this evening, I want to read just a few verses from Exodus 34. Exodus 34, verses 27 through 29, talking about Moses coming down the mountain after meeting with God. And the Lord said to Moses, write down these words, for in accordance with these words, I have made a covenant with you and with Israel. Moses was there with the Lord 40 days and 40 nights without eating bread or drinking water. And he wrote on the tablets the words of the covenant, the Ten Commandments. When Moses came down from Mount Sinai with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands, he was not aware that his face was radiant because he had spoken with the Lord. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Quarantine. That's a word we've all heard a few times over the last few weeks, right? Quarantine, probably heard it a little more than you'd like, along with self-isolation and social distancing. Quarantine. I wonder, though, if you know where the word quarantine comes from. I didn't know until this all began, and, and recently I figured it out, and it's an interesting story. The word quarantine actually comes from another time in our history where there was a plague, comes from the Middle Ages, from the 14th century in Italy. In Italy, in the 14th century, they were starting to figure out that plagues spread uh, because of contact between people. So what they did is when ships would come into port from other countries, they wouldn't let those ships just dock and start unloading their goods and making contact with other people. They made them go to a special place where they had to stay in isolation for 30 days. After the 30 days were done, they could unload their cargo. That place of isolation, then those 30 days that they were there, that was at first called a Trentino, Trentino. But later, those 30 days were extended to 40 days. And that was called a Quarantino. And that's where we get the word quarantine from. Now, an interesting question is, why did they extend from 30 days of isolation to 40 days of isolation? We're not completely sure, but, but some people think it's because of the Bible. It's because of the significance that the number 40 plays in Scripture. Because in Scripture, 40 and 40 days is a specific time of, of a kind of quarantine used by God. A kind of time of trial and trouble time spent in the wilderness, and in that time, God sends people he loves into those 40 days of isolation in order to change them, in order to make them deeper people. Examples are all over Scripture. Noah, right, on the ark. How long was Noah on the ark? How long did it rain when the flood came? 40 days and 40 nights, right? And did those 40 days bring change? Absolutely. Everything was changed by the flood. 
In the passage I just read, Moses was on the mountain with God. How long was he on the mountain? Did you hear that? 40 days. And was Moses changed by that experience? Absolutely. When he came down the mountain, his face was shining. Elijah the prophet. Remember he had that tangle with the prophets of Baal, and after that, Ahab tried to kill him, and he was on the run from Ahab. Do you remember how long he was on the run? That's right, 40 days. And that 40 days ended on Mount Horeb when he heard the still, small voice, and he was changed. The prophet Jonah went to preach to the city of Nineveh as God commanded, and he preached to the city and said, You must repent, or in 40 days, God will turn this city upside down. He will destroy this city. Did his 40 days of preaching change Nineveh? Yes. They repented. Finally, one more example, one more 40. Jesus in the desert. At the beginning of his ministry, Jesus is driven out into the wilderness for how long? 40 days. And at the end of that, he's tempted by the devil. So there's this big biblical pattern. It is absolutely everywhere. I could have given you more examples where God takes people, people he loves, puts them in a time of trial, a time of tribulation, a time of isolation in order to change them and deepen them and prepare them for something new. Incidentally, that's also why Lent is 40 days long. In Lent, we kind of put ourselves in a place of trial and tribulation, right? We, we, we make sacrifices. We give things up. And why do we do that? We try to create a little space in our life so that the Spirit can do something new, so that we can be changed. What about our current quarantine? How long do you think that's lasted? Our quarantine started, our self-isolation, our shelter-in-place started on March 24. That means we've been at this for 17 days. Only 17 days. Seems longer than that, doesn't it? If this thing goes 40 days, and I hope it doesn't, but if it does, it will end on May 10. And it might go longer than that. But however long it goes, the real question is, what will this quarantine, this time, do to our souls? What will happen to us because of this time of isolation? Who will we be when this is done? Who will I be? Who will you be? Such an important question. Will it make things worse? Will we be more suspicious and more hard? Will we be wanting to hold on to our stuff even tighter? Will we treat our neighbor like he's contagious? Or will we be deeper? Will we be changed? Will our faces shine a little bit? I know what I want for myself. I want to be deeper. I, want, I, I don't want to care so much about what other people think of me. I don't want to be impressive. I want to be better at loving people. I could be better at loving people. I want to change. I know what I want for this church. I don't want this church to simply be known as a place where we have fantastic music and polished liturgy. 
I want it to be known as a place where we overflow with the love of Jesus Christ our Lord, where we love Jesus with everything we have and that love is made manifest in the way we treat each other, in the way that we're a family together. That's what I want. I want to be a little bit more like that when this is done. And I know what I pray for our society. When this is done, I don't want us to fight so much. Of course we're going to disagree. But I I, I want, I pray that we can disagree in a way that still manifests our love for our neighbor. Will that happen? I don't know. But if it does happen, I know where it starts. In order for something like that to happen, it will start with Jesus, and it will start specifically at the foot of his cross. Because at the foot of the cross, when we stand there and we look up, we see a man who is suffering trial and tribulation in the ultimate isolation. He literally feels like everyone has turned his back on him and the entire world has left him. And yet, in that place of trial, he loves and forgives and gives himself. He bears the sins of the whole world, all the misery, all the hatred, all the chaos that we make out there in the world. It all comes in on him and it scorches everything. And yet, when he pours out his blood in that scorched place, life bubbles up. A tree of life comes with fruit that we are enjoying. In that scorched place, Jesus manages to make a love grow that isn't just strong enough to save me and save you, but it's strong enough to make everything new. On my own, the trial would just make me hard and bitter. But at the foot of the cross, looking up at my Lord, even though I know that it will split me right open, even though I know it will overturn all my soil and it'll hurt to see him there, I know that he can plant in me by his blood something better, something new, something eternal. So let's come to the foot of the cross. Let's fall on our knees and let's give him our heart, our life, our soul, our all. Amen. Thank you for listening to LaGrave Avenue CRC's Sermon Podcast.